Our reading this morning is from 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 1 to 15, on page 338 of the Pew Bibles. Solomon asked for wisdom. Solomon made an agreement with the king of Egypt by marrying his daughter and bringing her to Jerusalem. At this time, Solomon was still building his palace and the temple of the Lord, as well as a wall around Jerusalem. The temple for the worship of the Lord had not yet been finished, so people were still sacrificing at altars in many places of worship. Solomon showed he loved the Lord by following the commands his father David had given him, except many other places of worship were still used to offer sacrifices and to burn incense. King Solomon went to Gibeon to offer a sacrifice because it was the most important place of worship. He offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar, while he was at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to him in a dream during the night. God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you were very kind to your servant, my father David. He obeyed you and he was honest and lived right. You showed great kindness to him when you allowed his son to be king after him. Lord my God, now you have made me your servant, king in my father's place. But I am a little, I'm like a little child. I don't know how to do what must be done. I, your servant, am here among your chosen people, and there are too many of them to count. I ask that you give me an obedient heart so I can rule the people in the right way and will know the difference between right and wrong. Otherwise, it is impossible to rule this great people of yours. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked this. So God said to him, You did not ask for a long life or riches for yourself or the death of your enemies. Since you asked for wisdom to make the right decisions, I will do what you ask. I will give you wisdom and understanding that is greater than anyone has had in the past or will have in the future. I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and honor. During your life, no other king will be as great as you. If you follow me and obey my laws and commands as your father David did, I will also give you a long life. After Solomon woke from the dream, he went to Jerusalem. He stood before the ark of the agreement with the Lord, where he made burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. After that, he gave a feast for all his leaders and officers. Amen. Okay, well, good morning, boys and girls. Um, it's great to see so many of you down here this morning. And so this morning we're speaking to you guys, but we're also speaking to the rest of the church. So it's great to have you here as well, so you can listen in nice and closely. But I'm, I'm also going to be speaking out to your mums and dads as well. And we're thinking about wisdom. And we're listening to a story this morning about a wise king. Now, I wonder how you came to be in church today. What's your story? Many of us are here because we were brought along or maybe have, have grown up with friends or family who have come to church. We've grown to know God and to love him through others telling us about him. Now in 1 Kings, 1, 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, we hear Solomon's story. Now back then, there was no church. There was no building for Solomon to go and worship God in. However, Solomon had, he had watched his father, he had watched his father, King David, trust in God throughout his life, in the good times and in the bad times. He had listened when David sang songs about God's goodness, about his great love, about his patience and his mercy. And we can read David's songs today, actually, in the Bible, in the book of Psalms. And as a boy, Solomon would have listened to these stories of God keeping his promises and loving the outcast, being patient with the foolish. 
And he would have learned that God was a holy God who is to be listened to and obeyed. See, from his father, King David, Solomon learned all about faith and trust in God. So in verse 3, it says this. It says, Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given to him by his father, David. So Solomon knew God. He showed his love for the Lord, trusted him, and walked in God's ways just as his father had done before him. But it says this, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. Those two words, except that, are important here because it tells us that what he was doing next, that wasn't walking in obedience to what God wanted. Solomon was worshiping God, but he was also copying the behavior of those who didn't love God. See, Solomon knew God, but he didn't always do the things in God, the God's way. He was learning to be king, but he had to learn that God's ways needed to be at the center of his life every single day. Learning is, is what all of us do, especially those of us who are in school or in university. And God wants each one of us to learn what he is like, to get to know him, to trust him, and to learn to live his way whether that's at home with our families or in school with our friends or in work with our colleagues, God wants us to learn to live his way. But sometimes Solomon did what other people who didn't love God were doing. But I guess we face that challenge too as well, don't we? All of us face pressures to live the way others do. Particularly, I think it's, it's really, really um, strong in schools today. There's so much pressure to live the way other people live. But God challenges us to live a different way. So let's think about that for a few moments. Let's think about some ways that the world tells us to live, some ways that maybe people who don't live God's way tell us to live, and the ways that God's Word tells us to live. Let's have a wee think about that. So people say, me first. It's all about me. Everybody else comes second, and I come first. As long as number one is okay. But God says this, God says, love one another. Actually, love the people around you, love your neighbor and look after them. Don't put yourself first. People say, get all that you can. Try and get as many things that you can, whether it's gadgets or toys or phones or maybe for adults, it's, it's money or, or things like that there. That's what the world says, get as much as you can. But God says something else. God says, actually, we should be freely giving of the things that we have. We should give to the poor. We should give to those who need it. People say, grow up fast. That's what the world tells us now. Like, you're a little kid, but very soon you will want to grow up fast. That's what the world says. But actually, the Bible, again, tells us something different. It says, be like little children. In our faith, in our relationship with God, be like little children. Another one is, fight for your rights. The world says, stand up, fight for your rights. God says, defend the helpless. Defend those who can't defend themselves. People say, get your room back. If somebody wrongs you, get your room back. Make sure that you, you do back to them what they did to you. Because that's only fair, isn't it? That's what the world says. That's only fair. But God says, forgive. Forgive those that have wronged you because you have been forgiven. That's what God says. 
another one with you left is image is everything how big is that today and that's not just for you guys that's for me and for all of us in the church that image is everything today is all about how other people view us it's so easy when we get up in the morning it's the first thing we do and as a youth worker i'm so at the minute tuned into this because all of our young people and our generation at that teenage age and me myself as well the first thing we do when we get up in the morning is you check the phone and you go on to maybe facebook or instagram and Facebook or Instagram, really, when you think about it, all it's about is just seeing who has liked your picture, who has liked or commented on something, or maybe you can go and like or comment on, on somebody else's photo, and there's like a little shot of adrenaline that you get whenever somebody does it, and very quickly, you become addicted to other people liking your stuff, commenting on your stuff, and it gets to the stage where you need other people to approve you. You need other people to say, you're great. The way you look, the way this photo, the way your life looks is just amazing. But God says, actually, you are made in my image. God says, you don't need, you don't need the approval of those people because you're made in my image. You're made in the image of the creator of the whole world. And then lastly, I think it says, you are your own king. That's what the world says. It says, you are in charge. You're the captain of your ship. You are your own king. You do what you want. But God says, Jesus is king. There is no other king than Jesus. That's what the Bible tells us. So what do you say? That's the thing this morning. We want to know, when it comes to these decisions, what do we say? So we're going to have a think about that as we, as we push on this morning. Now, as we come together, moving into the service, we're going to have a prayer now from Rosie, thinking about this wee verse as well. It says, you are my God. Teach me to do your will and be good to me and guide me on a straight path. Because it's so easy for us guys to actually start to think like the world around us, to start to think that, yeah, image is everything and that I'm my own king and it's all about me. But we have an amazing God who can guide us in his ways. So we're looking at this week next week part and we're, we're pushing on into verse 5, okay? It says this. The Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now, as you listen to the Bible reading, I wonder if you kind of thought, this is a wee bit like a, a genie in a lamp scenario or something, where, you know, I'm just going to grant you three wishes. But this is not a made-up story. It's not about genies inside magical lamps. This is an account, an account of someone who has a relationship with God and wants to please God and bless others more than anything. It's not random. It's not based on rubbing a lamp. It's about a God of grace and love deepening his relationship with Solomon. And what a chance for Solomon to ask for something amazing here. And we're not talking about some vague wish that, that might or might not come true. This was God asking him what he wanted. And God was more than able to answer. Solomon knew who he was. He was a young king. Now imagine being in school and on your first day writing on your pencil case, King Solomon. Or on your Facebook profile, King Solomon. Or maybe on the register when the register's being called, Katie here. 
Tommy, here. Sarah, here. King Solomon, here. You'd feel pretty special, wouldn't you? You would feel like you're the bee's knees if you were King Solomon. King Solomon. But did you notice how Solomon identifies himself in the passage? Three times when talking to God, he identifies himself not as the king, but as your servant. He calls himself, he's speaking to God and he says, I am your servant. How can that be? What, what does he mean there? Well, back in history, a king was very, very powerful. A king could have anything he wanted and do anything he pleased. Yet here Solomon is showing that although he's king, he knows that there's a greater king far, far above him who's more powerful. And it's before that king that Solomon is a servant. He is a servant that has a king that is far above him. See, Solomon is a wise king who doesn't just know God, but he also knows himself and where he stands before God. He isn't full of his own importance, even though he is a king. He realizes he's actually only a little child. He doesn't know how to rule. He's humble before God. And he recognizes that he needs help. He knows that God is God and he is not. Now sometimes, hold on a wee page here. Sorry. So in the answer to God's question, Solomon says, I want to be wise. So God said, you can have anything you want. And what does Solomon say? I want to be wise. I want to know how to tell right from wrong. So why would, he, why would he ask for this? Well, not so that everybody will say, this guy's a great king, but so that he can tell right from wrong and he can rule his country well. He wants things that are right to be praised and he wants things that are wrong to be completely stopped. And he wants those being mistreated, he wants them to be helped and he wants those who are doing good to be encouraged. And he wants to think the way that God thinks and to see the world the way that God sees it. See, Solomon wants to be the best king that he can be and a servant king who has God as his king. Now, if God were, were here, or if God was, was to say to you, ask for whatever you want, I wonder what it might be. What would you maybe ask for? Would your answer be similar to Solomon? Or would we ask for something else? Would we treat it like a genie in the bottle where give me lots of gold? or give me lots of money, or help me live forever. Solomon probably could have thought about those things, but instead he said, I want to be wise. I want to know right from wrong so that I can rule this country well and I can serve you, my King, my God, well forever. Okay, well, how do we know when someone is pleased? They might give us a big smile, they might give us a big hug, or they say, well done, or if you're at school, you maybe you get a smiley face on your, on your homework, or a star, or a sticker, or I, we used to get these things when I was in school, it was a, a homework voucher, and this was like the best day ever. If you got a homework voucher, it meant that you could hand that in, and you got a night off homework, and that meant you could go out and play with your mates and do whatever you want. And I knew at that point that my teacher was pleased, mum and dad would be pleased. It was great. God was pleased that Solomon, what Solomon asked for. And how do we know that? It's because it says that in the Bible. It says in verse 10, it says, The Lord was pleased 
that Solomon had asked for wisdom. Because he asked for that and not a long life or riches or anything selfish, God gave him the wisdom he asked for, as well as many other good things. If we were to read on into the, the chapter a wee bit more, we'd find out that actually he was able to solve a very tricky problem, one he could never have worked out on his own without God's help. God did indeed make Solomon very wise. So he wasn't just a wise king who knew God. He wasn't just a wise king who knew himself, but he was a wise king who pleased God. But what is wisdom? We talk about knowledge, knowing a lot of things, but wisdom is something different. I reckon Solomon asked God for wisdom that he would know how to tell right from wrong. For Solomon, wisdom was actually knowing what the right thing to do was and then doing it. Solomon wanted to please God and follow his ways. When it comes to what it means to be wise, we have the book of Proverbs, which is such a great help. And Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says this. Wisdom begins with respect for the Lord and understanding begins with knowing God, the Holy One. So wisdom begins with knowing God and realizing that He is God and that we're actually not the wisdom of Solomon comes not from a, a chance meeting with a, a genie rubbing, a, rubbing a, a lamp with a genie in it or a quick Google search or listening to a blogger or reading a really important book or asking the, your, your best teacher the questions. It doesn't come from that. Wisdom comes from knowing God and being in relationship with him. So what might wisdom look like? in the classroom for us or in, in the lecture room for us or in the office for us, what might it look like? If I have wisdom from God, does it mean that I'm going to have better marks than everybody else? Does it mean that I'm going to be much cleverer than I was before? Does it mean that I'm always going to know how to answer the questions that the teacher asks or that I'm going to be getting 100% in my, my papers or, or produce the best work possible? Not necessarily. It doesn't promise that. God answered Solomon's prayer and gave him so much wisdom that he was able to share it with us. And some of Solomon's wise sayings are written down for us in the book of the Bible called Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is just proof that God answered Solomon's prayer for wisdom. He was a wise king who pleased God, who realized that even though he was a king, he couldn't live properly without God in charge. But what will that wisdom look like for us in our everyday lives? Well, there's a few, few points that I could just read out. Wisdom is. These are wisdom is statements. Wisdom is trusting in God. Trusting in God when times get tough. Trusting God when times are good. And trusting God when times are bad. Wisdom's being a good friend. Sometimes easier said than done. How often can we get so busy that actually we forget to be a good friend to those who have maybe been great friends to us? Wisdom is reading the Bible. It's, it's carving out time in our day to actually read the Bible. Some, I, I'm looking at this list here and I'm thinking, you know what? These are actually very, very much easier said than done. Reading our Bible, we get so busy that we can forget to carve out time in our day to read the Word. But that is a wise thing to do, to know God's ways, to read our Bible, to do that daily. Wisdom is including others. 
Wisdom is listening. Wisdom is talking to God, spending time in prayer. Wisdom is giving your best, giving all that you have, and giving that to God as an act of worship. It's great that, you know what, boys and girls, it's great that actually worship doesn't just mean singing. Worship can be in your everyday life, giving your best in all that you do as an act of worship to God. It's making good choices. It's telling the truth. Wisdom is asking God for help. It's coming to God and saying thank you. And wisdom is loving God. Solomon's such a great example, guys, of of someone who we can look at who came to God for help and recognized that, God, you are far above me and your ways are higher and you know, you know right from wrong. And that's exactly the thing that we can do. He's such a good example for us that we should copy his example. We should come before God and we should say, Lord, show me the way. Show me the way to live. Guide me in my life as I journey through school, as I journey through university, as I go day to day in work. Give me the wisdom to live for you in a world that chooses to not live for you. So we're going to close in, we're going to have, we're not going to close, we're going to have a time of prayer now. Um, And I've asked a few different guys to come up and to pray for me. And they're going to also read a little verse each from Proverbs um, as we think about some of this stuff as well. So I'll let them come on ahead. Let us pray. Wise children make their fathers proud of them. Foolish ones bring their mothers grief. Proverbs 10, verse 1. Heavenly Father, thank you for our parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles. Thank you for their love and care. Forgive us when we cause trouble, don't listen and disobey. Please help us to be wise by listening to them and by wanting to make them proud. Sensible people accept good advice. People who talk foolishly will come to ruin. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 8. Lord God, thank you for our teachers and older people who can offer us good advice. Help us, God, to be willing to listen and learn from others and not always think that we know best. Never say anything that isn't true. Have nothing to do with lies and misleading words. Proverbs 4, verse 24. Father God, please forgive us when we tell lies. Help us to be trustworthy and honest people who always tell the truth. It is foolish to speak scornfully of others. If you are smart, you will keep quiet. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12. Father God, we ask forgiveness for the way we, sp- we sometimes put others down and make fun of them. May the way we speak to others at school and at home always reflect your love and kindness. If you want people to like you, forgive them when they are wrong, when they wrong you. Remembering wrongs can break up a friendship. Proverbs 17 verse 9. Thank you, God, that through Jesus, you always forgive us when we do wrong. Help us to remember this and forgive others in the same way you forgive us. An angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 22. Father God, 
Please help us to be peacemakers wherever we are, in our classroom, in the staff room, in the office, factory, or in our street with our next door neighbours. Help us to walk in your wisdom each day through the power of your Holy Spirit. In your holy name we pray. Amen.